I think that I have announced something today. Liar, liar, pants on fire is my official theme song. <laughs> well, I'm here, still getting the hell radiated out of me. If you want to know why I say I'm getting radiated, go look at my show as far as why the smart meter in my home is murdering us. Pretty rough stuff, but hey, kids, I'm back, and I want to have one more show. I, want, I thought before I crawl to my grave, I want to talk about the liars at Silicon Valley. <laughs> okay, I would have crawled to the microphone to tell you this story. This story today is going to be about A1, and you'll have to decide for yourself. Is it a big lie, or is it the truth? But before I get started, Silicon Valley Bank it's really nice that they got bailed out in less than 48 hours while the people in Palestine, Ohio are totally fucked by this government. Hey, I'll swear if I want to, I'm dying, okay? So here's the deal. They managed to, um, the FDIC, we're a pretty ignorant society, and I was ignorant too, so let me explain just real quickly. The FDIC is the supposed insurance policy which um, backs up in backs up depositors' money in banks in the United States, okay? If they have that FDIC sign on their door. What that means is up to $250,000, you will be protected in the event that your bank goes down. Talked about this enough in the past. Go look for yourself. But here's the deal. The FDIC, that insurance money, gets funded by the banks, okay? So you can start to see where this is starting to go. Well, when COVID hit, what they did was they decided that Banks used to have, I think it was last count, 10% of your money held. And they would loan out the other 90%. That's called fractional banking. Okay, look it up. So what's going on now? When COVID hit, they changed the FDIC rules and said that all things will be taken care of. Okay? Now, they changed the rules for Silicon Valley Bank so that their depositors, even though they were above the 250000 threshold, they made sure that all of the rich folks were taken care of, okay? Well, do the math. They only have so much money in that FDIC fund to take care of other depositors during future bank runs and stuff, right? Well, half of that money got spent over the weekend bailing out Silicon Valley Bank. And yes, in fact, it was a bailout. Taxpayers will be on the hook for it. So, okay. Another thing you might want to be paying attention to, I don't know if I'll get back to it, but there's this new law that just got in effect today. Today, da-da-da, new laws, new regulations. What's it called, you ask? It's called WOTUS. W-O-T-U-S. What does WOTUS mean? Well, (laughs) it means... (coughs) Excuse me. It means they're coming for the water. Go look up WOTUS, W-O-T-U-S. I read through the paperwork until I feel a little bit dizzy today. Here's what I think is happening. This is an effort by the EPA to control water on personal property, okay? And this is my view. Go read for yourself, okay? My view is what this is going to mean because several things I read in this WOTUS deal that were of concern. One is that there's some very loose wording, okay? Loose wording, meaning not specific wording, okay? Here's how I think it means, and of course I could be wrong. I think it means if you have a drop, and I mean a drop of water on your property, maybe a little bit of, a little bit of tiny little lake there, a little bit of water running through, drop of water, right? That means the EPA will have regulatory control over your property, and here's how it works. What they do is, if, if you're caught polluting or something on your property, 
and you're one of us, the little guys, the EPA will move in with their cleanup funds. They will force a cleanup on you, even if you didn't do it yourself, and they will stick, stick you with a bill. And what that means is you will then be turning your property over to them because that bill will be so outrageous for the so-called cleanup you can't do it. So this WOTUS thing is of extreme concern to me because it gives them access to everything. Now go read for yourself. W-O-T-U-S. And let me drag up the file here real quick. Um, also, one other thing. Um, there has been a nuclear water leak in Minnesota. Nuclear water. Since November, they came clean with it last week. Last week, they admitted that they have a massive nuclear water problem in Minnesota. And um, what it means is, um, well... <laughs> Uh, let me look it up real quick. Um, what it means is this, is um, Minnesota officials are monitoring the cleanup of 400,000 gallon leak of contaminated water from a nuclear power plant in the city of Montebello run by the energy giant Xcel. It's The word is X-C-E-L energy. Officials said there is no danger from the leak. The leak was detected nearly four months ago and reported to state and federal regulators. But, of course, they saw no reason to inform the public, right? Well, look at a map yourself for Monticello, Minnesota. Monticello, Monticello, excuse me, Monticello, Minnesota is right smack on the Mississippi River. So if you're thinking that this is just crazy talk, that they are, in fact, on purpose, polluting our water, then you need to go listen to some more of my shows, okay? Over the weekend, there have been thousands of dead fish showing up. They are, they've been caught. They got, somebody got caught in Canada, okay? And I believe this person truly caught them, okay? There were people in hazmat suits. They were caught polluting the water in Canada. A guy caught them. It's a special fish poison. So what they're doing is they're poisoning the waterways because if they don't poison the water, you might be able to get some fish, right? So they're poisoning the water. They're tearing down our complete water supply. And, yeah, I guess they didn't see any reason to tell us that this place was leaking. Um, and uh, you can find it. It just says um, a nuclear – let me see. Oh, this is a good part. Let me read this part. Xcel Energy took swift action to contain the leak to the plant site, which poses no health and safety risks to the local community or the environment, the company announced in a statement on Thursday. And today's March the 20th. That was like last week, okay? Ongoing monitoring has confirmed that the leak is fully contained on site and has not been detected beyond the facility or in any local drinking water, the company said. Here again, the criminals are running the investigation. Why did we ever let this happen in the first place? Okay, I'll stop. Excel confirmed the leak of water containing tritium, T-R-I-T-I-U-M, in November 2022 and notified officials the same day. Well, good for them, according to the company's statement. So we're going to take their word for it, okay? Officials attributed the leak to a water pipe running through between two buildings at the plant site. The amount of contaminated water that leaked out is enough to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool about 60% full. It's funny how they always use these Olympic-sized swimming pools as their measurements in this stuff, isn't it? Huh. <clears throat> um, 
XL is based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and operates in eight states around the U.S. Its two nuclear power plants are both in Minnesota. Monticello is about a 40 miles northwest of Minneapolis and has a population of about 15,000 people, probably poor white people, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing a guess here. Probably poor white people, okay? Mississippi is where they got all the poor black people trapped. And uh, Michigan, because they're, well, Michigan, no, this is Minnesota, okay. <laughs> Too many M's. Because there was no immediate threat to the public's health and safety, we focused on investigating the situation and containing the affected water in concert with our regulatory agents, Excel spokesperson Lacey Nygaard said in an email to NPR when asked why there was nearly a four-month delay in notifying the public. We are now at a place where we can share with the public not only what has already been done, but what we're going to do next. This timing allows us to provide the most accurate and complete understanding of the situation. In 20, 2009, XL Same <clears throat> Monticello plant had a small tritium leak, which Nygaard said was smaller in scale than the 2020 leak. Oh, that's good to know. And came from a sump pump rather than a pipe. Many, many operating nuclear plants have some level of tritium leakage at some point during their operation, Nygaard says. Michael Rafferty, a spokesperson for the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, told NPR the agency wanted to get more information before announcing it to the public. Minnesota state agencies are deeply committed to our role. Just deeply committed. Damn it, they're going to take care of us, kids. They're going to take care of us. You, you, you just sit there and stay on Facebook, okay? The government's got this, okay? Keep arguing on Twitter all day long. The government's got this. They take this, their role to protect human health and the environment and take seriously our responsibility to properly, promptly inform the public when a situation presents any sort of current or imminent risk. The situation at Excel Energy Montebello site did not, and still does not, present an imminent threat to residents' health. Officials with the Federal Nuclear Regulatory Commission did not immediately respond to questions or comment. A spokesperson for the NRC, which is the um, Nuclear Regulatory Commission, told a local person... Um, that the public's concern was very understandable <laughs> and emphasized that the public in Minnesota, the people, the community near the plant, was not and is not in danger. What is tritium? Tritium, T-R-I-T-I-U-M, is a naturally occurring form of hydrogen that emits a weak form of radiation which can't travel far in air or penetrate skin, according to the NRC. Tritium is a byproduct of producing electricity in nuclear power plants, and the, and the dose of tritium that comes from nuclear power plants is much lower than exposure from radiation present in the natural environment. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so insane. <laughs> and people actually believe this stuff. The tritium levels in the leaked water were below NRC safety thresholds. Oh, I'm just starting to get relaxed here. Okay. They were below the thresholds. Okay. 
Okay. Everyone is exposed to small amounts of tritium every day. <laughs> well, because psychopaths are in charge. Okay, let, let's keep one thing straight, okay? Because it occurs naturally in the environment and the foods we eat. Yeah, when you do put things in your food, it does affect you, right? <laughs> when you eat it. Any radiation exposure can pose some health risks, including <clears throat> increased occurrence of cancer. The risks of exposure are linear, meaning lower levels of radiation pose lower risk. Well, I would have to break into a complete argument about this one because I am, in fact, getting the full dose of radiation right now. Um, they're pluming my house. They got it on the inside. And, uh, yeah, I got to tell you that if you want to keep believing liars, keep believing these people. Eating or drinking food or water with tritium in it is the most common way it enters the body. It can also be absorbed through the skin. About half of it leaves the body within 10 days after exposure. Half leaves the body, okay. Now, remember, there have been no studies, so what half they're pulling this out of, I'm not really clear, okay. XL says it has recovered about 25% of the tritium-contaminated water that leaked. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I thought they said it wasn't leaking. Okay, they said... 25% that leaked, and recovery efforts will continue over the course of the next year. Well, it's going to take another year. Sounds like a pretty serious leak to me. While this leak does not pose a risk to the public or the environment, we take this very seriously and are working to address this situation. I'm sorry. I can't take anything these people say seriously. To, uh, this you want to know about. To contain the leak, the water is being diverted to a treatment system inside the plant which prevents water from leaving the plant. Excel said it also inspected all its piping to ensure that this wasn't happening elsewhere in the facility. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency said Excel is considering building above-ground storage tanks <laughs> or installing a retention pond to store the water containing tritium that has been recovered. <laughs> Uh, are they getting these recovery ideas from Norfolk Southern in Palestine, Ohio, setting up little outdoor places to, to, put, to store this water in? Oh boy, our top priority—this uh, is this is the last statement. Okay, our top priority is protecting residents and the environment, and the MPCA is working closely with other state agencies. But they'll be keeping it a secret. So if you want to find out. Tune in in a few months if your skin starts to turn colors and you start to sense you're getting cancer. Um, we are working to ensure... Uh, uh, i got to read this part because it's gold. Our top priority is protecting residents and the environment. And the MPCA, I've already forgot about that, oh, Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, is working closely with other state agencies to oversee... Excel's monitor. See, they're overseeing these people, right? Nobody has taken charge and is really doing anything. They keep the crooks <laughs> in the crime, right? So, from what I read, they're overseeing. Overseeing, meaning the people that have created this Excel Energy are still in charge. The other state agencies to oversee Excel Energy's monitoring data and cleanup activities, says Kirk, MPCA Assistant Communication for Land and Strategic Innovations. We are working to ensure this cleanup is, is conducted as thoroughly as possible with minimal or no risk to drinking water supplies. 
Okay, well, that sounds like a statement of omission to me. Minimal risk. Okay, they're admitting risk. Okay, so I got to keep moving along here. I can't lose my mind over every crime this country is involved in. Okay, WOTUS. That's where I was wandering before I wandered off. Okay, I'll just give you just a couple minute thing to hopefully encourage you to go look deeply into WOTUS. <laughs> WOTUS. The purpose. This was to. I'll just give you a, a real quick overview, and I would encourage you if you have property or if you live in this country <laughs> to understand what it means. Okay. Um, there's this thing called the CWA. It has to do with the water passed in Congress in 1972 to restore and maintain <laughs> this, is, this is truly hard to read <laughs> so in 1972 <clears throat> they set up this agency <clears throat> the purpose of this agency was to restore and maintain the chemical, physical and biological integrity of the nation's waters to achieve this goal the CWA provides the EPA, a highly dangerous group, I might add, with authority to implement permitting programs that control the discharge of pollutants, fill, and dredge materials into protected waters. Without a permit, the CWA makes it unlawful to discharge any pollutant from a point source into navigable waters of the United States. So this whole thing is to protect our water, okay? The 1986 definition of WOTUS, this has been going around for a long time, okay? WOTUS, uh, Trump took away WOTUS to appease the farmers and Biden put it into effect today, okay? All waters that have been used or could be used in interstate or foreign commerce. Number two, all interstate waters. Number three, all other waters that could affect interstate or foreign commerce if the waters were degraded or destroyed. Four, the territorial seas. Five, impoundments of any water described in the rule. Tributaries of any water described in the rule or wetlands adjacent to any waters described in the rule. Well, it sounds to me like they've covered all the water, okay, in this country. The 1986 definition remained stable until 2015 during the Obama administration, okay? The Obama administration attempted to define WOTUS by expanding its definition, blah, 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 blah. Okay, then um, for many, the Obama administration's definition was overreach, and the Trump administration definition did too little. Both Obama and Trump's WOTUS definitions were extremely controversial and the subject of multiple court battles, okay? And the Supreme Court is weighing in on WOTUS. It is going to be a monster of a deal, okay? So if you're just sitting by the wayside and then you have a little pond running through your property, I would go over and take a look at WOTUS, W-O-T-U-S, and um, it involves all the dangerous people in this country, okay? It involves Congress. It involves the EPA. Um, it involves agriculture. Oh, and speaking of agriculture, <clears throat> um, the Dutch, most people are not aware, a lot, and I mean a lot of produce comes from the Netherlands, okay, from Dutch farmers. Dutch farmers have been told that they get with the um, clean program and get rid of the, the fertilizer and stuff, or there's some plans to seize half of Dutch farmers' property, okay? In this effort for climate change, right? Why do I always say evil has to come package as help, right? 
so the farmers, bless their hearts, are fighting back, okay? So the farmers in the Netherlands are rising up. France, they tried to take away the retirement age and make it from 62 to 64. They fucking have Paris on fire, okay? They are burning down the streets because they do not want to go along with having their retirement ages changed, okay? Well, back here in the United States, we're sitting on Facebook and arguing on Twitter. And, um, yeah, that's a subject I probably shouldn't get close to today. Yeah. The lack of solidarity, if you want to find out how we got here, just think about the last time you called up somebody who could use a kind word. When was the last time you did that? Just think about it for today, okay? I've had one person contact me to see how I was doing since I said that I was being under radiation attacks. <laughs> Good luck with any human activity at this point. So let's talk about some fun stuff today and get off all that crap. So good for France, good for the Netherlands. Too bad the United States is sitting here. Anyway, so I'm of the conclusion that A1 is a complete fraud, okay? Artificial intelligence. I got to start saying it pronounced AI. I always want to say A1. AI in my view, after looking at all this data, which I will be sharing with you in some sort of fashion right now, my view is they, they, they're just getting off of the pump and dump from Tesla, the crypto, and now the focus is on A1. A-I. <laughs> okay. The focus now for the people in Silicon Valley and DARPA. I did a show about Silicon Valley and DARPA. Go listen to it. It's all a controlled thing hooked up between all of them, okay? So let's take a look. What does AI actually mean? Today's AI is broadly defined in two categories. Human artificial narrow intelligence, also known as H-A-N-I, and human artificial general intelligence, H-I-G-I, okay? They're just two things we're looking at here, okay? H-A-N-I is a human artificial narrow intelligence. Most of what we know as AI today has narrow and weak intelligence, where a particular system addresses a particular problem. Unlike human intelligence, please make sure this, give me one second. I got to make sure I keep checking to make sure this thing's recording. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Unlike human intelligence, such narrow AI intelligence is effective only in the area in which it has been trained. Self-driving, fraud detection, facial recognition, or social recommendations. To date, HAGI does not exist and hardly ever appears. So let me just unpack this in human language here, okay? How do they get AI? Well, they have to train the computers for what to recognize, okay? And what I'll be exploring today is the process that they're using. So let me just give you an example. And I'll give you an example these people could relate to. In order for AI to learn something, people have to sit in front of a screen. They're usually contractors, okay? And I'll be getting into the abuse of the contractors in a bit here. But they're usually contractors. So what they do is they show you, like, let's, let's talk about penises, okay? Our favorite subject, penis, P-E-N-I-S is, Okay. So in order for A1 to be able to recognize what a penis looks like, 
a person, yes, a real person, has to sit there and when, they, when they're shown a picture of what looks like a penis, they have to verify that's a penis. And that feeds into the that feeds into the A1 intelligence system, right? So the A1 will then know to look for a penis based on that picture, right? So it's basically a bunch of people sitting around in, in slave-like labor shops and stuff, right? And what they do is, and this has gotten them into trouble in some countries because some countries are offended by the lack of morals exhibited by this country. So they have lost some contracts because the employees do not want to sit around and look at dick pics all day, okay? So that is, in a nutshell, exactly what AI is, okay? It has to be trained to recognize what a penis looks like, okay? So then after that, it will then know, oh, that's a penis, okay? So it is really as simple as that, okay? Um, so a lot of what we're looking at is also algorithm, okay? So don't confuse algorithm with AI, okay? So um, what they're saying now is everybody is saying, oh, they're taking your jobs or all this stuff. Well, I think I have some pretty good reasons to show you that that is absolutely everything about what they say is typically a great overblown lie. And I started with that Habsburg, Habsburg chin. They come up with these fantastical lies, okay? This, in my view, is another one of those, okay? Let me go on here. It's going to be the greatest force for economic empowerment society has ever seen, and it's going to take away our jobs. It's going to generate a new form of human consciousness. It's going to kill us all. Generative AI, or the new artificial intelligence that can create original content, Tent, including essays, fine art, and software code, is the talk of the town in Silicon Valley. If you're one of the over 100 million people who have used chat, GPT, or created a pop art style illustrated portrait of yourself using Lensa, L-E-N-S-A, the popular image generating app, you know what the latest version of this technology looks like in action. That's how they're rolling it out to the public. They're raising money, of course. <laughs> None of their scams are complicated, just so nobody bothers to look. Okay, so apps like ChatGPT, created by the Microsoft-backed startup OpenAI, okay, OpenAI, are just the beginning. And remember, this information I'm reading to you, I'm in March of 2023, okay? So just pay attention to the context of what I'm saying, okay? Are just the beginning of generative AI's full range of capabilities, according to its boosters. Many believe it's once-in-a-lifetime technology... <laughs> We're such a nation of stupid fucking people. Many believe it's a once-in-a-lifetime technology breakthrough that could impact virtually every aspect of society and disrupt industries from medicine to law. AI had a wow moment in November with the release of ChatGPT, and that would be November of 2022, okay? So... Okay, AI had a, A1 had a wow moment in November with the release, said Sanjay, whatever, a partner at the prominent VC firm, <laughs> Coastal Ventures, 
which was an early investor in OpenAI. AA1, excuse me. I got to get that in my head. So this guy, Sandaya, a partner at a prominent VC firm called Koshla Ventures, is saying that they were early investors of OpenAI. Start to see how this starts to work here, right? Okay. She compared recent advancements in generative AI to the creation of the internet itself. I think this is absolutely on the same order of magnitude. That's a personal belief. Well, yeah, I think that is a personal belief if you ask me. For the past two decades, Silicon Valley has lacked a true technological breakthrough. (laughs) In the 80s, we had the advent of the personal computer. In the 90s, the internet. In the 2000s, the mobile phone and the suite of apps built on it. Since then, the tech world had been waiting for the next big invention. Some are still saying bullshit. It could be Web3. I don't know what that means. Now many are seeing generative AI as a contender. But people in Silicon Valley are... I'm reading from their article. (laughs) I'm having a hard time. (laughs) It's good to laugh, okay? And I'm sorry that my laughing will include some innocent people who are investing in these fucking psychopaths, but hey, all I can do is report what's going on, okay? I can't protect you from yourself, okay? I'm just amazed. You know, I'm just amazed. I've tried to talk to a couple people about water. You know, people who don't trust the government sure seem to be on board with letting the government manage their water and stuff. Just saying. Okay, so... Okay. I gotta get back. Where was I? Um... Okay, this is a good part. <laughs> but people in Silicon Valley, I should be playing that liar, liar, pants on fire music in the background, but I don't know how to do all that stuff. So um, so anyway, so um, people in Silicon Valley are prone to making grand pl- <laughs> proclamations about how we would all be living in the metaverse by now. You may be wondering, is the excitement about generative generative AI just hype? The answer is that while there's plenty of inflated hype about generative AI for many people, it's much more real than Web3 or the metaverse has ever been. The key difference is that millions of people can and already are using generative AI to write books, create art, or develop code. ChatGPD is setting records for how quickly it's been adopted by users. It took the app only five days to reach 1 million users. By contrast, it took Instagram 2.5 months and Twitter two years to hit the same milestone. I think I'm going to have to die without setting up an Instagram account, kids. I hate to disappoint you. I thought about it the other day, but I thought, eh, Instagram, probably a bridge too far right now. Is if people did need one place to talk at, they get 10. Okay, so chat GPT, million users in five days, okay? I think Jennifer Aniston got about the same. <laughs> Between celebrities in Silicon Valley where we're so sunk. Okay, even though it's a nascent technology. Okay, I, I got to get track here. Okay. Even though it's a nascent technology, almost anyone can quickly grasp the potential of generated A1 technology. Yes, we can all grasp that, right? But what comes what comes after all this stuff is what I'm asking, right? 
This is such a circus show. They're just bringing out the front act here with this chat GPD. Okay, so. And you notice how they always throw their own money in first to get everybody else to throw in their money, right? And then they always seem to know when to pull their money out first. <laughs> in the past few months, we've already seen how genera generative AI is setting the business agenda for major tech companies. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see all this happening. <laughs> Google and Microsoft, which are fiercely competitive with each other, are rolling out their own chatbots and baking generative AI into their core products like Gmail and Microsoft Word. Well, this is, this is great news. We already have a complete audience, culture of society of people who can't focus long enough to call their aunt who's dying, <laughs> but yet they're worried about getting new apps. <laughs> You realize that every app takes you further away from an actual person, don't you? Did you get that memo? I sent it out to all of your inboxes just last night. So the whole effort of this is to get us to stop contacting each other, to stop communicating with each other. And I give them full credit where due. A brilliant, brilliant strategy. It's working all over this country. No one's talking to anybody. Everybody's sitting in their little homes on <laughs> The most convincing evidence that generative A1 is more than hype is that all kinds of people, <laughs> I don't know what difference this makes, but I'll keep reading it, including many who wouldn't think of themselves as tech experts, are using chat GPT for unexpected reasons. College st students are using the technology to cheat on essay exams. Job seekers are using it to avoid the dreadful task of writing a cover letter. Media companies like BuzzFeed are using it to generate listicles and help with the reporting process. Well, boy, are we just going to get dumber and dumber here? Okay, so what, what do I always say? Evil coming packages help? As if we don't have enough dumb people already. There used to be this question about, is this technology ready for building useful products for people? What ChatGPD really showed is that people are using it for all sorts of cases, and people in various professions are finding it useful in all parts of life. Boy, this is great. I can just see everybody invested in this. There are plenty of questions and concerns about the new technology. If left unchecked, generative AI could perpetuate harmful biases. Yeah, by they might pick out a certain kind of penis that they like. <laughs> enable scammers, spit out misinformation, cause job loss, and some fear even pose an existential threat to humanity. Well, as if people aren't afraid enough, this should really top them over the edge, right? Everybody who believes that Edward Snowden and that Nassau story were true will be flipping off their, their, their wigs will be flipping off their heads today, right? Because I would guess that probably 95% of the people in this country believe that Edward Snowden was telling the truth. See how it works? They put a liar like Edward Snowden out there to say, you know, I was working at the NASA as a contractor, and uh, I started noticing things were a little bit funny. So uh, I took me and my stripper girlfriend, we were in, I think we were in Hawaii at the time, and uh, we met up with Glenn Greenwald, you know, GG, Glenn Greenwald, you know, the guy who's really on the outside, who's with all of us. Anyway, we met with Glenn Greenwald in, uh, where would we meet? Oh, we, we met up first in Hong Kong. And uh, Glenn, Glenn saw all my data about that NASA, 
And we just had to get out this to the world because are you aware that NASA knows everything about you? Are you aware they're tracking your every move? We got that all from Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden is actually a royal actor. I forget. I forget who Edward Snowden really is because those people annoy me too much to spend any time wondering who they really are. But Edward Snowden is, in fact, a royal actor, okay? That was all an act. So one always has to ask himself, if you really have all this technology, why do you have to hire actors <laughs> to lie to the public and act like they're whistleblowers? Just something to think about. Okay, if I could ever find my place, I'd keep going. Oh, this is this is getting to the good part. Okay, I hope this cord isn't making noise, but too late now. But anyway, so okay. <laughs> this is gold to me, okay? This is gold to me. I live my life in poverty because of these people. <laughs> and you know what? I would do it all over again, so don't feel sorry for me. But this is just... And you know, the, the funny thing was, was that very few people believe that Intel cheated me. Most people thought that I did something to perpetuate them to steal from me. That's, that's a solidarity we have going on in this country, right? Somebody gets down, move in and kick them down a little bit harder. The government has needed people to kick other people. Well played, people, well played. In 2022, and we're right now in 2023, investors poured more than $2.6 billion <laughs> into 110 deals toward generation toward generative the word you're looking for if I could pronounce it generative AI okay generated G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-V-E AI startups okay a record high for investment in the field according to a recent report from business research firm CB Insights some of the <clears throat> I could smell that money now. Some of the biggest investments, I got. Sorry, I got to keep checking to make sure I'm plugged in. Okay. Some of the biggest investments in this space had been from major tech companies. See, they, they always, you know, it's like if you go to a poker game with these people, they'll be the ones that will first bet. I got to move this cord just to make make a noise. They'll be the ones that will make the first bet. Okay, them and their friends, the dealer. You know, if you look at a crooked casino, this is, all this is a casino, right? These people have some serious gambling habits. And with their gambling habits, they've encouraged everybody else who gamble along with them, right? <laughs> Take high-risk ventures. So how a casino works, if you're going to cheat people, is you put a couple of people down, sitting down at the blackjack table. you got a crooked dealer. And then you wait for the other people to wander in, the people who are stooges who don't know what's going on. So... What the other people will wander over there because they'll see the stoolies start to win a lot of money and stuff because they're in the game with the cheating dealer, right? So they'll be over there betting like crazy, winning like crazy. They'll draw the crowd. In this society, sadly, nobody really wants to be themselves. Everybody wants to be like somebody else. So everybody wants to join in, right? So Silicon Valley is absolutely no different than that. What they do is they go up to the betting casino, right? They throw their money down on the table first, right? Hey, we're all in for $10 billion. <laughs> well, where'd they get that $10 billion from? <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb here, and I can pretty much guarantee you that however you, many U.S. dollars they say are in circulation, <laughs> it's not even close to being true, right? These people all literally are running printing presses in each industry. So, so that's exactly how it works in a nutshell, okay? So they... 
poured in more than $2.6 billion into 110 deals, a record high for investments. And then um, some of the biggest investments, Microsoft invested $10 billion. Open A1 is the Microsoft group, okay? Open A1. Why am I having so much trouble with the letter I? But anyways, <laughs> radiation is wonderful stuff. Okay, so um, fortunately I've been more scripted the last month or so, so I have a place to pick up from if I lose track. So, okay. So Microsoft, $10 billion in open A1, A-I. <laughs> And Google invested $300 million in the generative AI startup, which is the competitor to OpenAI. And that company is called Anthropic. A-N-T-H-R-O-P-I-C in February. And we're right now in March, okay, of 2023. So Microsoft owns OpenAI. Google just invested... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Microsoft invested $10 billion, okay? Google just invested $300 million. Kind of going on the cheap, aren't you, Google? Um, so Google invested $300. Well, Microsoft is all in there, right? So the company, Google company, is going to be Anthropic. A-N-T-H-R-O-P-I-C. That's the name you're looking for. I'll continue to read on. We get one of these technology waves every 14 years, says James Courier, co-founder and partner at technology venture capital firm NFX. Courier's firm has invested in eight gener generative AI companies in the past several years. And he's personally talked to about 100 generative AI startups in the past two months. It's going to change everything a little bit. But despite the increase in overall funding in this space, many generative AI startups are on tight budgets. <laughs> well, then they get help from their friends at Silicon Valley Bank to get their money stolen, right? They're on tight budgets, and some don't have any funding at all. Among the 250 generative AI companies the report identified, 33% have zero outside equity funding, and another 51% were Series A or earlier. That's when they get into their stock crap, okay, when they go into Series A, which shows how young many of these companies are. So, yes, this does show these companies are extraordinarily young, okay? So, let me see what else I can say here. A big challenge facing these A1 upstarts. The cost of training a single large AI model can be millions of dollars. Because of increasing volumes of data on the internet, the average cost of training the kinds of machine learning models, you're looking machine learning models, that's where you teach a machine to look for a penis, okay? <laughs> so, um, okay. All kinds of machine learning models that generate AI runs on could grow as large as 500 million to train a single model by 2030, according to recent research reports. So yeah, it is highly expensive to get teams of people to identify every little tiny thing, right? We are not experts in training 200 billion parameter models. It's a sport of kings, says this 
CEO of an advertising search engine that recently launched an AI version of its product. You need lots of money that we don't have. Instead, Ramsway says the startup like his can win by focusing on specific use cases in his search, but that before building a product startup. So you need to figure out, is this a fad or is it creating user value? None of these hurdles seem to be dampening the excitement surrounding the new AI and its potential. In recent months in San Francisco and Silicon Valley, there's been a boom in generative AI meetings, co-working space, and conferences that feed the that feel like a return to the excitement of the mobile startup boom of the late 80s. In February, that would be 2023, San Francisco, I wonder how they stumbled past all the drug acts to get in there, <coughs> hosted. If you're not from this country, all you have to do is go to YouTube, do simple search terms, San Francisco, homeless, Los Angeles, homeless, Philadelphia, homeless. If you want a real spill, go for Kensington Park, Pennsylvania. Kensington Park, Pennsylvania is what we call a containment zone in this country. This country has containment zones all over the place. What it means is if you're in one of these containment zones, you can go in there and do all the drugs you want. You can do whatever you want. Cops look the other way. We have a lot of them. Skid Row, Kensington Park. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> this country is just doing really well. Um, so... Um, so anyway, I got off on the San Francisco thing. But anyway, take a look for yourself. These are not all drug addicts living on the streets, okay? I'm being serious here. These are people who are just like us, okay? Um, we are all one step from being them. So that's all I'm going to say on that subject. Um, but anyway, so they're at this big meeting. Uh, in recent months in San Francisco and Silicon Valley, um... It feels like we're just, okay, here I am, okay. In February, San Francisco hosted AI-focused hackathon, women in AI lunch, and building chat GPT from scratch workshops, among dozens of other AI-focused events. Young tech founders have nicknamed the San Francisco neighborhood Hayes Valley, Cerebral Valley, because of a sudden concentration of AI-related events and companies in the area. I'm very, I'm, I'm reading their words. I'm very bullish on this whole AI, A1. <laughs> I just get straight. I'm very bullish on this whole AI wave because it feels like it's at the level of the App Store being released. They're the co-founder of some cerebral newsletter, okay, about a, the AI community. Uh, he just moved back to San Francisco. It just feels different. It feels like a generation of technology that's going to affect our future for the remainder of our lives. Yeah, you keep looking at those devices while they're poisoning the Mississippi River. Uh, at a sold-out conference of over 1,000 people on Valentine's Day in San Francisco, <laughs> a big Saturn holiday, you know, Valentine's Day is red, the hearts, that was hosted by a startup that uses AI to create marketing copy, the atmosphere was charged with optimism and excitement. Attendees largely ignored the stunning waterfront views of the Bay Bridge as they stared at the stage, listening intently to executives speak from some of the top generated startups like OpenAI, Stability AI, and Anthropic. So you're only looking for two, the three top ones, okay? OpenAI, Stability AI, and Anthropic. 
I think this is going to rewrite civilization, <laughs> said Nate Friedman, um, sitting cross-legged on stage for an interview. Buckle up, he said. Friedman was one of the many speakers that day who were adamant that recent advancements in AI are revolutionary, even if they weren't perfect yet. <laughs> many of the founders I've been talking with at these generative AI event events have promising ideas. Promising promising ideas, like a platform for architects who generate designs based on written descriptions of the style of building they want to build, or an app that generates a daily email of all the top social media posts you want to read based on your interests. <laughs> but most of their startups are still extremely early stage, with either just an idea or a rough demo to show. This is the technology that's going to take over the world now, isn't it? So far, one of the more developed use cases for generative AI is for creating marketing and other media content. Okay, so um, this guy in 2021, he says his company made $35 million in revenue and has close to 100,000 paying customers, including brands like Airbnb, IBM, and HarperCollins. They raise all this funding, and I don't know what they're doing. Um, they're creating marketing copy like blog posts and stuff. Well, just save the world, okay? We there's there's already enough stuff out there that people refuse to read or acknowledge, right? <laughs> I don't think we need more. <laughs> We're already confused, stupid, tired. Some media companies like BuzzFeed have also started using OpenAI to create personality quizzes and help staffers brainstorm. An open-source generative AI firm, Stability AI, says it has paying clients in the film industry who use its software to auto-generate images. Well, they, they probably have NASA as a main customer. <laughs> all that space stuff and Saturn is all computer-generated. Um, but the bigger promise, the bigger promise, did I say what they're doing now? I said no. The bigger promise of generative AI is that it will change our world beyond writing ads. The tech's biggest proponents hope it will transform fields like medicine and law by diagnosing disease or arguing cases in court better than humans can. How about if we just stop getting disease and, and just stop having wars and suing each other? <laughs> I mean, I hate to get too logical here. Leading academic experts caution, we're very far from that. And some question if we'll ever get there. But they never give their names, right? I'm not convinced that some of the really fundamental problems with the AI systems, like their inability to tell if something is true or false, I'm not sure those things are going to be so easy to fix, says Santa Fe Institute professor, who specializes in AI and cognitive speech. I think these problems are going to turn out to be harder than some people think. Well, in this upside-down world, the reigning people in charge, these psychopathic Saturnists, they like these chaos, okay? I think the chaos element of AI would suit these people just fine, right? Remember, it's all about controlling and owning your time, right? And it continues till the day that I die to amaze me how freely everybody gives evil people their time. But I will get back here reading some regulators also have their doubts. 
The FTC, I forget who they are, the Financial Times, somebody recently published a blog post warning tech companies to keep your AI claims in check and not to overpromise what your algorithm, algorithm, okay, or AI-based tool can deliver. If you think you can get away with baseless claims that your product is AI-enabled, think again, the post stated, echoing a critique of a recent AI buzz <clears throat> that many companies are simply tacking AI onto whatever they're doing just to capitalize on the hype. Huh. Gee, where have I seen this song before? Hmm. I'll have to really think about this one. Just like every new thing they come up with, they use the exact same plan. AI hype has existed for a while. In 2019, a venture capital firm, or vulture capital as I like to call them, study found that 40% of European AI startups didn't really use AI in their main businesses. <laughs> now, with the recent fanfare around generative AI in particular, some critics worry that AI buzz is mostly hype. It doesn't help that some attempts by major companies to integrate AI have backfired, like Microsoft's Bing AI chatbot giving unhinged, unhinged responses to people, or tech publication CNET's botched attempt to automate financial columns that ended up widely plagiarizing other people's work and publishing misinformation. I I'm continuing to read. I asked the venture capitalist James Courier whether he thought there was a risk in overhyping generative IV. Generative AI, excuse me a second here. Um, this James Courier person says. I think this is the sort of cultural issue that people have with Silicon Valley, which is that we like drinking the Kool-Aid, he told me. We should be drinking the Kool-Aid and getting excited about this stuff and thinking hard about what we can create. Well, I don't know. I, I, let me see. I think that this is sort of a cultural issue that people have with Silicon Valley, which is that we like drinking Kool-Aid. Okay, so yeah, people think Silicon Valley likes drinking Kool-Aid. Well, I would have to concur. It is, in fact, a big cult. <laughs> it is like the, um, it is just like another version of uh, Bernie Madoff, right? They have their um, Elizabeth Holmes with Theranos. They actually cook up these companies, and here again, Theranos. All of them throw in all their money first, and they generate the big wheel and get all the big investors. <laughs> this stuff is so predictable. Okay. So let me get back here. Um, for all its potential, generative AI also has major limitations and poses serious risks. I would put these this is this person saying, not me. I would put these risks in three categories. Making factual errors, promoting offensive content, and taking over human beings, livelihood, or autonomy. Now that major tech firms, Google and Microsoft, are in a race to beat each other at this technology, we're seeing this technology rolled out to the masses while it still has problems. Hmm. I don't... I mean, they're rolling something out to us that has problems? Really? I Just color me shocked, right? To the first point, generative AI can get the facts wrong. A lot. Upon release, Microsoft's version of ChatGPT, and uh, it's called Bing GPT, equipped with a freshly updated index of the entire internet, couldn't tell you when the new Avatar movie would be playing near you. It recently insisted that Avatar 2 was not yet in theaters. 
and Google's demo of its soon-to-be-released chatbot, it's called BARD, B-A-R-D, gave an incorrect answer about who invented the first telescope. These systems are extremely good at some things, but they often will make these weird, very unhuman-like errors and really show that they are not thinking the way humans think. For the past several years, it's hard to gauge just how advanced generative AI was because much of its development was done in private. Huh. Imagine that. Imagine that. Development being done in private. Oh, let me take a wild guess here. By Google and DARPA? <laughs> okay. AI was... Much of its development was done in private. Google which employs some of the world's leading AI scientists, was long considered the industry leader in the field. But aside from research papers and some behind-the-scenes work, the public couldn't really see Google's generative AI capabilities. Everything changed when OpenAI when open partnered with Microsoft to fast-track its own latest generative AI technology, ChatGPT, to the masses. Fanning the flames, Microsoft plunged into the underlying ChatGPT technology to build its own standalone Bing, B-I-N-G, GPT chatbot, challenging Google's dominance in search and setting off a technology arms race. I hope that when our innovation, Google will definitely want to come out and show that they can dance, says Microsoft, excuse me, this is Microsoft bragging, this guy said, I hope that our innovation will show Google that Google will definitely want to come out and show that they can dance. And I want people to know that we made, that we made them dance, and I think that'll be a great day. Kind of an interesting quote, right? What, what is everybody but little dancing things on the edge of a technology tablet, right? Just good to see them admit it. Google, under immense pressure to show off its generative AI capabilities, announced it will be releasing its own AI chatbot, that BARD thing, in coming weeks. The company says it has taken longer than some of its competitors to release generative AI technology publicly because it wants to make sure it's doing it responsibly. They got doctors to promote cigarettes to us. They thought giving women lobotomies was a good idea. They only stopped giving women lobotomies when they came up with all these pills to just numb us out, right? <laughs> I've had a lifetime of their good ideas. None of them have been good. Okay. Uh, the strategy we've chosen is to move relatively slowly in the space uh, until they start to smell the money. Because, let me see here, Microsoft is in for what I said billions and uh, Google is only in for what 300 million I said earlier Google's caution at this point is for good reason if unleashed if left unchecked generative AI can do worse than just getting the facts wrong <clears throat> the AI can reflect racist and sexist biases from the data it's trained on as seen in the image generator app Lenza which sex which is sexualizing its female avatars on a macro level, it can create economic instability by replacing jobs at an unpredictable scale. AI can also be intentionally misused. One recent example, a reporter used an audio-generative AI tool to create a fake recording of his own voice, 
then called his bank and successfully hacked into his account using their recording. Well, don't they just fill us with good ideas, right? Um, another Microsoft's AI chatbot left New York Times reporter Kevin Roos deeply unsettled when during the course of a lengthy philosophical conversation, the chatbot told Roos it would it wanted to be alive, professed its love for the reporter, and encouraged him to leave his wife. The worry is that AI can be used to manipulate people's emotions and sense of reality, whether what's on purpose or intended through behavior, unintended behavior from the AI itself. Going 10 steps further, some of generated AI's most ardent proponents also worry it can one day outsmart humans. <laughs> well, I think they're already there, right? I, I, I kind of got the idea that we could be outsmarted just about anything at this point. Um, posing an existential threat to humanity. No, I think they did that with Facebook and Twitter. Open. Oh. You hear that cat's voice? Okay, let's not get anything going here. I gotta check to make sure all my cords are safe. Come here. Okay, um, AI, which originally, this, this is the part that always gets me to, pay attention to this part, okay? These things always start either on universities or as nonprofits, okay? So they could always cheat the tax system. Okay, OpenAI was originally began as a nonprofit, was created in large part because of a fear of what's called AGI, and that, that means artificial general intelligence which is the idea that AI will reach a general intelligence level that matches or surpasses human abilities. When Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, was asked at a recent tech event about the best and worst case scenario for AI, he said that the bad case, and I think this is important to say, is like lights out for all of us. <laughs> The computers are going to get you. Many preempt... Well, they already have kind of gotten people, if you think about it, right? Uh, it doesn't need to go much further. I mean, people um, people, forever now have been screaming about not wanting to get chips under their skin and controlled by the government as they're grasping onto a device in their hands with chips. <laughs> they don't need to go to extraordinary lengths, okay? Um, the chips have already been implanted when they came out with this technology. The killing field has already been set when they put smart meters on our home. But hey, don't let me bring you back to Earth here on reality. Okay. Um, so, um, the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of human race, said Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I don't, I would never laugh at a disabled, per, disabled person, okay? But these, they put these disabled people in front of us, and these disabled people are from their experiments, okay, in vitro experiments. So I will stop at that point because there is an entire channel on YouTube that features disabled children, and they are the people who are giving these people those disabilities. So don't lose track of that pie, okay? 
I'm highly empathetic toward disability people, but how are these people getting their disabilities? They're getting the people disabilities from the psychopaths in charge, okay? And because their efforts at breeding their own people have become so horrific off the, off the charts with problems and diseases, I mean, Putin's coming down with Parkinson's. They're all getting sick, okay? Tom Hanks has got Parkinson's. They're all sick. So I think what they're doing is they keep putting all these um, highly um, deformed people in front of us because they're getting, this is what they're going to be creating. So anyway, so, so Steve Hawking told the BBC in 2018, the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. It's an idea that may seem far-fetched, but as my colleague Kelsey Piper wrote, is increasingly plausible to the people who are actually building this technology. And you also have to remember the people building this technology are on massive amounts of drugs. They're not in the same sexes that they're supposed to be. I believe a lot of them are severe addicts with gambling and cocaine and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did cocaine in the 70s. I think it was like 76, 70, something like that when I was in L.A. In L.A. during those days, um, the white kids were doing cocaine at parties, and um, I don't know a single person that got arrested, okay? Um, the black kids across the highway were doing crack, and some of them are still in prison right now, okay? But anyways, um, it, it's, I believe it's their drug of choice, okay? Because certain things, the reason I, well... I did it for a couple of years because it was on the party scene in Los Angeles, okay? Um, I didn't stay doing it. I didn't find it that interesting after a while because people just sat around and came up with these crazy-ass ideas, right? So that's why I keep saying these people have to be on some drugs because they remind me of the people that I hung around in the 70s and did cocaine with. And I have every reason to believe these people are cocaine addicts. So they're clearly gambling addicts, okay? So... Um, Will these robots, since the beginning of AI, people have kind of fantasized about, will we, will we have these robots that are like the ones in the movies? Now, I have a section here on movies I'll get to in a second here. That they can really do everything a human can do and even more. But we don't have a set of criteria that we can say, well, it's achieved these ten things and we know it's fully intelligent. They don't have any criteria, okay? None, zero, none. And I'm going to give you everything that I know about it and think for yourself, okay? Although we might be far away from the world of killer AI robots seeking revenge over their human overlords, the fact that creators of generative AI worry about its misuse is another reason we should take it seriously. The major tech players in generative AI, big tech companies like... Let me snake. Oh, this is, this is going to reassure you here, Okay. The big tech companies like Google, Microsoft, and Meta, as well as OpenAI, also have internal policies and teams weighing the harms of these projects. I'll sleep better tonight knowing that. But critics say that tech companies' business interests can go against its ethical ones. Imagine that. Google shook up its ethical AI team in early 2021 after two of its leaders uh, were pushed out over concerns that the company was censoring their critique of bias. <laughs> Many, including some tech companies themselves, have called for outside regulators to stay, step in and put in guardrail. Yeah, that worked well with those self-driving cars, right? People are still driving around self-driving cars and blowing up on freeways and stuff, so I, I don't sense any regulation. While government has historically been slow to catch up with the developing areas of technology, also keep in mind, government 
is involved with tech developing these things. So no one's slowing this train down, okay? Um, some states and critic cities have already passed legislation limiting certain kinds of AI, like facial recognition and policing algorithm. We might start seeing the same kind of patchwork regulations around generative AI. In many ways, this new form of AI is generally easier to understand than other recent tech trends, like blockchain or the metaverse, which are very conceptual because it's tangible. You don't need a $400 VR headset or a crypto wallet to see what generative AI can do. All you need is to load up a chat GPT screen or type in some words that spit out art like Dolly. For better or worse, generative AI has major potential to reshape our concept of creativity, and the proof is in the products, which is why I can say that it will probably be more than just a trend. That was them talking, not me. Okay, so let me see what time's doing here. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep going. Um, I want to talk about the film industry. Everything we have in this elusive game show we're sitting on, everything appears to me, make your own decision, to be generated from the film industry, right? Okay, so I took a look. What about AI in the um, in the movies? The film industry has always given us many on-screen representations revolving around artificial intelligence for decades. Will the AI characters, big to small, anthropomorphic to robotic, and evil to good, have always stunned us? Who could forget Wally E? R2-D2 and Skynet introduced on the silver screen for the first time. If you are a movie buff who's all into tech, here is a list of 10 movies that will show the history of artificial intelligence in films. Whether you know or not, but AI has been the center of attraction for filmmakers since the era of the silent motion picture started. Now, isn't that just amazing? Rinse and repeat. I forgot to uh, look and see if they also wrote AI into the Bible. <laughs> okay, let's take a look. First movie on this list here. And this kind of stuff is incredibly easy to find, okay? First movie from 1927, which I believe is around the time that I'm looking for, around the takeover time, right? Okay, the movie was called Metropolis. The 1927 epic Metropolis of Fritz Lang had cutting-edge visuals of that era. Its plot is still relevant and became an inspiration for all movies afterward. This first sci-fi movie gave a peek into the very advanced machinery. It changed everyone's collective perception of the future at that time. Also, it put forth these scenarios around human and machine interactions. <laughs> like shooting fish in a barrel some days, kids. <laughs> After all, it, it inspired and molded the attitude of humans toward real and imaginary creations of AI. 
you can see the ideas of Metropolis influencing many recent films and shows like Black Mirror, Blade Runner, etc. Okay, what's up next? 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> that was that was produced in 1968. Stanley Kubrick's movie is an epitome of the rise of the evil computer. In one of the scenes, the HAL, it's called HAL, H-A-L 9000, makes up its mind to exterminate two astronauts. The reason for this kill is ridiculous, but futuristically worrisome. The HAL 9000 computer did it because it was unable to resolve the order, unable to resolve the order to hide the true identity of its mission and the self-described inability to fail, if you could remember. In one of the scenes, the 9000 computer self-claimed that it never made any mistake or twisted information. Hal is a half-metallic computer with unblinking red eyes and half-human voice. It's funny to see how a computer refused to explain its failures and actions, gave meaningless reassurances, and liked gentle taunting. Cohesively, the meltdown kicked off a strange human-like feeling in which left us asking ourselves if HAL 9000 was like us, even though it didn't have any emotions. Many people consider HAL as the best example of artificial intelligence. However, the movie didn't shed more light on its working patterns. In reality, we are far away from AI being so advanced that it started killing humans. Then the next big one in 1977 was, of course, Star Wars. Mentioning AI-based films without Star Wars is definitely a crime. Anyway, the 1977 Space Office blockbuster, excuse me, Space Opera blockbuster, is known for bringing many real-life AI and scientific concepts together. There is no doubt in saying that the movie has shown, motivated, and influenced several futuristic technologies. Some of them you will find in existence while others are being developed or under developmental phase. The movie is the representation of the tension between humans and technology. While many of the technologies shown, to the, shown in the movie exist today, some of them will take some time to develop. The AI-based prosthetic lamb, limbs demonstrated in the film are now closer to reality. So, uh, the next one was Blade Runner, 1982, one of the most influential movies based on artificial intelligence. It revolves around the subject of how AI could combine with the human race or the society to the next level. It gave the sci-fi genre new subjects, which shows AI either destroying humanity or protecting it. The film, just, the film asked just how much human-like features a robot needs before having the same rights. The humanoids are bioengineered so brilliantly in the movie that they are almost psychologically equal to humans. Even the false memories implanted in them as emotional cushions made them believe that they are human. The movie seems relatable and fascinating complex. The next one was War Games, 1983. Imagine a scene where a supercomputer asks you to play a game when in reality it is a nuclear game. Terrifying, isn't it? Well, the movie follows a high school hacker who accidentally gets access of War Operation Plan Response. It's called WOPR, a U.S. military supercomputer 
that's programmed to foretell the possible result of a nuclear war. The high school hacker gets access to a nuclear war simulator, which he believes to be a computer game. However, Joshua, which is what the computer was called, tied into the nuclear warhead control system and incapable of realizing the difference between reality and simulation, tries to begin to begin the World War III. The movie looks into the adverse outcomes of artificial intelligence when it fails to tell the difference between reality and imitation. Then, of course, we have The Terminator, 1984. The series of Terminator looks at the memorable A1 characters, AI, excuse me, AI characters classic. It captures the fear of technology. It's a future where out-of-control AI sends humanoid AI hitmen to kill humans. It's all because the AI went went on to destroy the human race. The movie is a cautionary tale, of course, fastened on our elementary our elemental unease about artificial intelligence. Um, then they had another movie, 1999, called AI, <laughs> Artificial Intelligence. 1999. Um, this movie is where a child humanoid is introduced. We don't know whether it would become a reality soon, but the director of the film portrayed it very well. It shows the creation of mecha, humanoid robots that are capable of complex thoughts but lack emotions. The whole movie revolves around David, the child humanoid, wanting to love of Monica, his mother. A lot of circumstances take place. Humans are extinct, extinct and artificial intelligence evolve. Even it's so advanced in the movie that they showed them bringing back a human using their genetic material, but just for a day to learn more about them. The irony here is that we are in a state we are in a state to study more about AI. Who knows about the future? Well, <laughs> The Matrix. This is the one we need to focus on. This is the one I've been talking about for years, okay? What we're living in is a cheap version of the Matrix, right? What they showed us was the version that most people believe of the Matrix, okay? The cheap version includes things like smart meters on our homes, ways to contain us that don't acquire a lot of effort or money, right? The Matrix puts forth the evil nature of AI in the form of Agent Smith. Now, I didn't see this Matrix movie, so I'm just going to read this clip here. I just I, I did look at clips and stuff, and so that's how I decided that this is the version they want us to believe, just, just like they want us to believe Edward Snowden's version, right? Matrix evil nature. Um, the, this ruthless AI isn't just doing what it's been programmed for, but also poses a significant threat to humanity. The movie, however, never explains the origin of the hatred. Even when the machines take human forms, the difference is noticeable. What hap whatever happens in the movie, the existence of Agent Smith as sentient software is a constant reminder that AI is not just a piece of hardware. It also reminds us that depending on the artificial intelligence on a dangerous level isn't a... Oh. Well, yeah, see all these things that people are actually convinced about, right? Okay, I think this is the last. i got to keep moving here. Um, Her, this movie in 2013. 
The cult classic released, her, H-E-R, released in 2013, highlights the idea of humans getting attached to AI-powered technology. The movie also implies that artificial intelligence can't notice and render human emotions. Um, Another one is Avengers for 2015. Um... And then they have this conclusion. It says, the use of AI, which has been limited to the movies only, has now penetrated our personal lives. Siri, Alexa, logo generators, and many other technologies have become an integral part of our lives. AI, in many circumstances, is a boon, but there's no denying the fact that it may create mayhem. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's predicted programming. Okay, this is the last one. And this is actually probably one of the better ones, okay? Okay, give me a second here. Okay. This um, article is called Silicon Valley's AI Frenzy Isn't Just Another Crypto Craze. Okay. Um, Oh, and I forgot to put the article there. Uh, It's down here further. Let me give you a second. First, I want to tell you about facial recognition, okay? Because they have everybody convinced that facial recognition is another part of AI, right? So I want to tell you where they are with facial recognition, right? Because people have these perceived ideas that this has all been done, right? Okay, what is facial recognition? Facial recognition is one of the front-runner applications of AI, it is one of the advanced forms. This is their advanced form, okay? So just keep track of that. It is one of the advanced forms of biometric authentic- uh, authentication capable of identifying and verifying a person using facial features in an image or video from a database, okay? Facial recognition software has long been employed by governments across the world to assist in criminal probes and to screen people entering sensitive sites. So you can, right now, you could actually go on Amazon and you could get yourself a little facial recognition kit to put outside of your company's store, your company's doors and have all your people show their pictures and they'll have to show their picture to get into your building. That technology, very simple, already in existence, okay? Um, an image capture, oh, see, and this is part of what they're doing, right? An image captured from a surveillance video is compared to a, photo database of known individuals would increasing which increasingly includes billions of pictures scraped from social media the software throws up a flag when with some degree of probability it spots a match now i'm not sure about any of this but i'm suspicious because during this so-called january 6th riots that they staged here in this country they claimed that they found the people that cooked up that deal, they found them and identified them by their pictures of themselves posted on social media. Well, first of all, the majority of those people were government agents that were doing this little fake staging thing on January the 6th, right? So I'm not sure that that means anything, okay? <laughs> so I'm not sure that, well, do your own due diligence, okay? I, I'm just not convinced, okay? So, um, but I do believe that there are a lot of 
photos out there, okay? But as other American cities have retreated from the technology or banned it altogether, Adam's bullishness and the resources at his fingertips... Oh, sorry, that was an article about New York. They're planning on spending $11 billion in New York to tighten up this facial recognition, okay? The New York Police Department has been using facial recognition technology for more than a decade, prompting at least six lawsuits and inspiring a New York statute mandating reams of public reporting. The same software used by the city, DataWorks Plus, led to the wrongful arrest of two men in Detroit. Police officials have credited the tool with helping to solve murders, rapes, and missing person cases, which they stress it is used fairly and only in a narrow capacity. And also keep in mind, in a show, I looked into it, cops in this country only solve about 20% of the crime. So <laughs> let's, let's take all this stuff with, <clears throat> with full knowledge of reality, okay? The New York P- PD also uses facial recognition to match surveillance or other crime scene photos solely to its database of mugshots. So if, you, if they have a mugshot of database in New York... Of people there, okay. That's how they're matching this up, right? But while law enforcement offers see an opportunity to close cases, watchdogs say the technology is largely unregulated, invades personal privacy, and disproportionately targets people of color. The debate, which has played out in fits and starts in recent years, accumulated in local legislation two years ago to mandate the New York Police Department to regularly disclose details about its use of surveillance technology. A 2019 study, for example, found that facial recognition programs across the country tended to be less accurate when analyzing black or Asian individuals. Now, just back up for a second here when I first started talking about this little section here, right? Didn't I just say that facial recognition is their shining jewel? (laughs) Uh, facial recognition is their shining tool in their toolkit, right? Okay, so just want to make sure you remember that part. Um, this is facial recognition in the world of AI is their shining star. Okay. Uh, the New York Police Department's use of facial recognition technology is partic- in particular was the subject of an unflattering, unflattering report titled "Garbage In, Garbage Out." penned in 2019 by privacy lawyers. There are no rules when it comes to what images police can submit to facial recognition algorithms to generate investigative leads, they wrote. As a consequence, agencies across the country can and do submit all manners of probe photos, photos of unknown individuals submitted for search against a police or driver's license database. This person went on to argue the pictures are sometimes poor quality or doctored through popular social media filters, rendering them unreliable evidence. There has been at least three known cases of facial recognition resulting in a false arrest. In 2019, Detroit police used DataWorks Plus, DataWorks is all one word plus, to identify 25-year-old Michael Oliver as a suspect in a theft case. An eyewitness later picked him at a lineup. He was arrested and falsely charged with a felony. Um, He was handcuffed on his front lawn in a Detroit suburb the following year after the algorithm 
incorrectly identified him as a suspect in a theft case. That same year, New Jersey resident Sunday Parks was jailed for 10 days after being falsely accused of stealing candy and attempting to hit a police officer with a car. He is now suing the town of Woodbridge. NYPD, let me spill up here, has reported five misidentified misidentifications through its facial recognition technology between 2011 and 2017. But supervising attorney of the legal aid, which has represented clients and helped force it, New York PD to disclose 58 private contractors, 58 private contracts with surveillance companies, said the criteria for what counts as a mismatch remains unclear. So that's their shining, that, that's their shining jewel, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, this is going to be a long show, but, you know, I, I don't, one foot in front of the other, right? Don't put off her tomorrow, which you can accomplish today. Now, here we get to the good part, okay? Now, I've talked in the past about information I found about U.S. workers in um, AI, okay? Uh, I can't find that file, but let me give you off the top of my head. They have to outsource these people. I was telling you at the very beginning about how to identify a penis, right? <clears throat> okay. So they, they set up groups of contractors in this country, in the United States, and these people, what the dispute was over, which it's always about wage theft for these people, right? They always want to steal the money back. So what was allegated was that these contractors here in this company that are being paid to do this AI programming were being paid by the job. The job took much longer kind of a deal. Um, so anyway, so yeah, of course they were abusing the people. And I had a great quote from one of the tech people admitting they were abusing people, but well, anyway, keep those feet moving. So anyway, so I found a better one, what they're doing in Africa. So chat GPD maker outsource work to locate Africans. And I found this in Time Magazine, okay? Just from, oh, let me see here. Uh, I don't have the date here, but this is like, I don't know, a month ago, okay? Uh, <laughs> chat GPT, an AI-powered chat box that garnered widespread attention for its text generation, is partially built using the labor of poorly paid workers in Kenya, Time Magazine has reported. They were hired to read passages of explicit text and label them, so the algorithm could avoid this type of language. According to an expose published on Wednesday, developer OpenAI contracted a San Francisco-based firm called Sama, S-A-M-I, which specializes in annotating data for AI training. So in other words, that's like the temp agency for uh, if you want to find AI contractors, right? The work is done by humans in countries like Kenya and Uganda, where wages are lower than in developed countries, developed nations. Three SAMA contracts, that's the company is S-A-M-A, with OpenAI, were signed in late 2021, worth about $200,000. Boy, they're really spending the money, aren't they? Time reported, citing, everybody's time got a hold of some billing documents, okay? 
Around three dozen workers in Kenya were tasked with reading graphic descriptions of acts, including sexual abuse of children, bestiality, murder, suicide, torture, self-harm, and incest. Their output labeling, according to the nature of the content, was used by OpenAI to train their AI to police its own language. ChatGPT generates text after learning from billions of words written by humans and available online, including inappropriate material. According to the scoop, workers in Kenya were paid a take-home wage of between $1.32 and $2 per hour, depending on their position and performance. Three of them told Time they were expected to parse through 150 and 250 passages of text ranging in in length from 100 to 1,000 words in a nine-hour shift. Last year, Time reported that SAMA did a similar job for Facebook, assisting with the removal of content violating the platform's rules. In both cases, the magazine said some people were left with mental scars after reading the toxic materials. In early 2022, and we're right now in 2023, SAMA hired, uh, excuse me, OpenAI hired SAMA for another job, which involved labeling explicit images for a different project. I started off with finding out, pick, picking out those dick pics, right? But within weeks, the subcontractor pulled out of the deal, apparently because some of the images were illegal under U.S. law. OpenAI blamed miscommunication. Earlier this month, and we're still talking in 2023 here, okay, SAMA announced it would no longer work with sensitive content and would instead focus on annotating data for AI computer vision solutions. Time observed that for all its glamour, AI AI often relies on hidden human labor in the global south that can often be damaging and exploitative. Yeah, well, that's what they're doing in Africa. Okay, where am I here? Let me see. I think I'm just about done here. Not quite. Okay. um, Yeah, um... This is a good one. And tech leader, it came out of this article. And tech leaders, also known as the tech bros, right, are are weighing up the potential of AI to be a technological panacea, one that could solve the problems of a bloated workforce. They're always trying to get rid of us, aren't they? (laughs) And we just don't take the hint. We just keep providing them with funds to come after us harder. Avoiding people that they're going after so they can go after them harder. Yeah, we really have that solidarity down. Damn, do we have that down. Certainly, techies are thinking about what this means for humanity. GPT-4's release immediately hit the top of the techies forum, Hacker News. One top commenter wrote, It's essentially a consultant that works for pennies per hour. Another commented that the tool right now could replace junior lawyers who are often given repetitive modeling and summarizing tasks. Others, it should be noted, were very skeptical that the model could replicate human quality. 
a paper published by researchers at Microsoft and MIT in February, that would be February of 2023, found that developers using AI were able to compete with tasks 55.8% faster than those without. Another paper published by MIT researchers this month found professionals equipped with ChatGPT could be made to feel happier by automating tedious or annoying components of their work, allowing them to finish more quickly. The optimists say this just means artificial intelligence tools won't replace humans, just enhance how they work. In a tweet on Tuesday, this was just last recently, okay, this article the tweet was sent on March the 14th, 2023, okay? <laughs> Wharton professor Ethan Mollick pointed to research that suggests of the 270 jobs that appeared in the 1950 census in the United States, just one has been eliminated by automation, <laughs> the elevator operator. <laughs> I'll puff, I'll puff, I'll puff, full-time puff, puff and smoke. Mulkin also thinks that managers are unlikely to be quick to replace their teams with AI. Managers usually opt for lower risk choices, he said, even when incentivized with financial rewards to do the opposite. One reason that large firms struggle with new tech like AI, managers are squeamish about risk, he tweeted. The best pro-human case is that workers are kept on and given access to A1 tools. But even so, the cuts, that cuts out the average worker who doesn't have the skills or contextual understanding to use chat GPT, which requires clever prompts to be really effective. So, um, and it says, and what is clearly already at risk is the repetitive task. <laughs> A research paper published this month exploring the impact of A1 models like chat GPT on work found the legal services industry to be the most <laughs> exposed to advancing. Gee, I hate to see us lose more lawyers. While the most exposed occupation was telemarketing. So telemarketing people and lawyers are the biggest ones at risk, okay? And now, we, now I'll read you a little report from the, um, who are you going to call? Okay. The word... Excuse me. The World Economic Forum report in 2020 predicted that the placement of 85 million jobs by machines by 2025. The report also assumed that 97 million new jobs may emerge. This looks pretty optimistic given ChatGPT, a relatively early iteration of AI with websites, among other tasks. I don't know what that means, but they're saying that, uh, well, how do they know what they're talking about, right? World Economic Forum, they're going to displace 85 million jobs. Okay, well, we'll see when it gets there, right? Okay, this is the last segment. Uh, I'm just enough, not enough of a quitter. I really have to read this for you because it's important to know. Okay. Okay, in 19, oh, excuse me, in, in 1974, in 2018, the National Retail Foundation, okay, this is getting good. Okay, in 2018, the National Retail Federation Loss Prevention Retail Council called 
facial recognition technology, a promising new tool worth evaluating. Okay. In July 2020, the Reuters news agency reported that during the 2010s, of the, ph the pharmacy chain Rite Aid had deployed facial recognition video surveillance systems. And then, then they stopped it in 2020. Um, and because here's why. They, they gunned out with these things, right? Okay. Of the Rite Aid stores examined by Reuters in 2020, those in communities where people of color made up the largest racial ethnic group were three times as likely to have the technology installed. Raising concerns related to the substantial history of racial segregation and racial profiling in the United States. Rite Aid said the selection of locations was data-driven based on the theft histories of individual stores, local markets, crime, and site infrastructure. Yeah, and we all know those black people steal more than white people do now, don't we? Keep them poor, hope they steal, and lock them up. That's the motto here, right? <clears throat> okay, so the reason they stopped putting them in the stores wasn't because all these black people were suing them. They put them, they stopped putting them in because the technology stinks, okay? <laughs> they were arresting the wrong people. So. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you of anything but really, take a serious look at all this stuff. If facial recognition is their is their, is their big big shiny star, <laughs> oh, we're so stupid. And everybody has all of those um, ring doorbells on all of their homes. And gee, surprise, surprise! All those ring doorbells are all hooked up with the police departments. That's how they're gathering our data. Not because they're so clever, so smart. Why would they be having to set up private companies to get our DNA? You know that twenty three and Me and those freaks out of Utah. Um, Ancestry.com those are private companies collecting our actual DNA to give us those cute little kits and stuff ask yourself why are they doing this stuff if they already have it all right <laughs> okay um, there was this this is the last one I, there was this deal about the IRS um, saying that um, <laughs> this is how nuts this thing is okay um let me scroll up here. Okay, February 2022. This is from last year. And also keep in mind that IRS is now deploying um, thousands of IRS agents. It, it is, in fact, true. Those agents are going after the working class. Okay, let's, let's, let's not confuse ourselves. The United States Internal Revenue Service will no longer use third-party... See, this is where this stuff really goes off the tracks, right? If you've been paying attention, how many contractors did New York City have <laughs> contractors profiling people in the streets. You know, all those um, cameras around cities and stuff where they will clock you, like a lot of these cities start putting in cameras, okay? So if, if you were driving too fast or something, the camera could clock you and get a picture of your license plate and then send you a ticket. Well, <laughs> I don't have the energy to get into that whole thing. <laughs> but how it worked was... Um, cities are always out of money because they, they, they can't rob people enough tax dollars, right? <laughs> get elected, get rich. So um, cities don't have money. So what they started doing was hiring these contractors to set up these cameras in their cities to catch speeding, speeding people and stuff, right? Well, the system was full of errors and <laughs> issues and stuff. But I certainly hope I don't have to explain in detail to you. But the bottom line was this, was that they were set up so the company would take a cut and the city would get a cut. 
So they wouldn't just get one contractor to do this. No, no, they, they got these cameras set up in all the corners, different cities, different neighborhoods. So they brought, whenever they bring in these data collecting things, they bring in teams of contractors, right? And so <laughs> they set up, New York City set up all these contractors to put up cameras to photograph black people for, you know, they had the stop and frisk program in New York for years. It's still going on where if you're black and they smell weed, you're going to get frisked. Okay. And so to remedy part of it, they got all these contractors to put up these cameras in different neighborhoods and stuff. And so you get, you get a group of confused people already running things. And then you introduce 40 or 50 different contractors setting up their own little fiefdoms on different city streets to try to capture speeding people to split the money with the city. And I, th- I, th- I think you might be able to imagine how this might go along. <laughs> so, so let me get back to the IRS and then i got to close this off. So citing privacy and security concerns, Democratic lawyers on Monday had said they were deeply concerned about the IRS's deal with this company called IDME, the facial recognition company that promises to verify taxpayers' identi- identities with a selfie. <laughs> That's one thing Americans know how to do well is selfies, right? Millions of Americans use the IRS website annually for a variety of vital function. I mean, first of all, you'll never get anybody on the IRS on the phone, okay? So, 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 um, so millions of Americans use the IRS website annually for a variety of vital functions. And as a result, each of them will be forced to trust a private contractor with some of their most sensitive data, the lawmaker says. We urge the IRS to halt this plan and consult with a variety of stakeholders before deciding on an alternative. Just, It's always funny how these things just run right out of control, right? And, you know, they've said in a lot of cities, too, just by the way, and I'm not going to go through all the data. you got to trust me on this one. <laughs> The data shows, okay, that um, none of the stuff, none of the stuff is particularly working, right? It's arresting all the wrong people. It's it's in the hands of all these <laughs> private contractors. You know, they're always having these leaks where they they're exposing everybody's data all at once. Everybody's um, health data gets <laughs> exposed by these contractors. So, so um, <laughs> the lawmakers demanded. They demanded that an agency pause its plans until it addresses concerns um, with stakeholders in the civil rights and civil liberties communities. Digital rights groups warned using facial recognition systems for identify verification when filing taxes raises a myriad of privacy and discrimination issues. (laughs) Somebody's on the ball. Studies have shown both Technologies IDME uses, the company is called ID.me, uses in its identity fraud and verification process. Face matching and facial recognition systems often misidentified black and brown faces. The use of such technologies also creates a massive database of information that can be vulnerable to cybersecurity attacks or shared with other government entities. You do say... Among the personal data the company is collecting are users' images, inferred citizenship based on passport information, voice prints, location data, addresses, social security numbers, 
driver's license numbers, passport card numbers, and more. ID me said it only shared. <laughs> Give me a second here. I'm almost finished. Just hang in there. Okay. <laughs> Where was I? You know, I've been adapting as this radiation has gotten to me, and right now I'm back into the um, pretty well scripted part, right? Because <laughs> that way I can, you know, I, I'm sure the intent was to disable me, but the good news is, is that actually, as sicker as I've gotten, it's just made me much more focused, okay? Because the only way to alleviate pain and all that stuff is to keep busy, right? And engage yourself with something that's interesting, right? So, yeah, that, that's kept me going. And, you know, the more it disabled me, the less I was able to walk around or move around. So the more I was able to keep looking. So it actually <laughs> it backfired. <because laughs> Keeping track and paying attention was my best way to survive at this point, right? And, uh, yeah. I'm pretty glad because um, look look at look at what I've gotten discovered in the last couple of years. Just as it's the last two years since I realized I was getting radiated, <laughs> I really dug in and got a lot of work done. Well, <laughs> if you're spending 14 hours a day looking and hunting in silence, you're going to find it, right? <laughs> so I'm glad I made it across the finish line. So thank you for hanging in there with me today. I recognize it's, you know, I should read you before I finish this thing. Let me read you what this person said. This was a pretty good one. Um, they said, um, they said, let me see this. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, okay. This person said this, and I thought it was pretty funny. They said, um, Mono stereo audio. I might be able to enjoy this podcast better if it were recorded better. Sounds like the speaker is in a drum and the microphone is in another room. I have heard better recordings from a 1983 FBI surveillance. <laughs> I've been meaning to read that for a long time, so thanks for indulging me. Yeah, they've heard better recordings from a 1983 FBI surveillance. Well... I started this work in the 90s, and I haven't had the money that the FBI and the CIA and the DARPA folks have had. <laughs> After that complaint, I did upgrade. I was using like a $10 speaker, and I did upgrade to this $20 one. So, hey, moving along, right? If, 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 if you let certain things stick you, you're going to stay stuck, right? So, little known secret, when I started this little adventure when I was, what, 65 years old, I decided that the worst thing I could do is to focus on negative things, and the best thing I could do was keep moving. So, I think I've stuck with my original proposition, okay? I didn't even re read reviews, or I, did, I didn't even read the comments on YouTube the first few years. I didn't even know to look, right? This wasn't about me setting out to be a social media person. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's just interesting what perceptions people have of somebody like me, right? You can't overlook the fact that I've got lousy recording for the information, but whatever. Okay, so let me finish up here. Digital rights groups warned using facial recognition systems for identity verification. Um, 
Yeah, I already talked about that. Okay. Among the personal data the company is collecting are users' images. I talked about that. Inferred citizenship. So they're collecting a lot of data, okay? Um, and they went on to say, if they switch to another company, a lot of the issues will be the same. The number of problems just outweigh the benefits. And they went on to say, and that's why we don't think it should be used at all. So they went on to say, the IRS has failed to justify why it needs to give a third-party contractor access to the biometric data of millions of Americans. I could do banking transactions right now without having to have facial recognition. Why does the IRS need to have facial recognition to allow Americans to simply use their portable? Well, in closing, I would like to tell you this. Why do they have to do that? Because they're gathering data now. Unlike the NASA story, they don't already have it. And this was one that I found on LinkedIn. i got to tell you, when I saw this article and realized I was on LinkedIn, I just had cold blood for a minute. (laughs) I didn't realize that I still had an account on LinkedIn. And um, I don't know. I looked at something one day. Several people that I knew from my past, you know, LinkedIn is one of these places that don't ever click on somebody's profile unless you want them to know you clicked because it'll show that you clicked, right? So I happened to wander onto LinkedIn, and while I was there, I thought, well, I'll just cancel my account, but couldn't cancel. But anyway, so bottom line, a few people who I knew from Silicon Valley days saw that I was on there because I guess they were following me or something, how it works, right? Well, all of them turned out to be dreadful, right? All of them, <laughs> They were all happy to see me. They were thrilled to catch up. A few of them I talked to on the phone. A few of them I texted. Uh, well, everybody's ghosting me. So I got to tell you, when I landed on LinkedIn for this article, I thought this article better be good because my blood pressure, and I normally don't give a shit about anything, right? Like, what do I care about these DARPA freaks and stuff, right? But there was something about being back on LinkedIn when it, it was, here, here's why, because people that I thought that I knew for most of my life ended up being part of this deal, right? <laughs> so, you know, you know, you think you go along and you think you know somebody all your life. You're not really thinking much about it, but you think, yeah, if I ran into that person, even 20 years down the road, they'd still be my friend. I'd still want to talk to them, right? And then, then you realize that that whole thing has been crushed. So, yeah, so, okay, so here it is. This is what I found on LinkedIn. I might as well read it to you now that I have this. Thing. And I, I'm not sitting around saying I'm getting anxiety over crap. I'm not, but <laughs> LinkedIn, just, me and LinkedIn has a little bit of trauma attached to it. <laughs> And the article was, Why Silicon Valley is Going Down. Silicon Valley Bank was the bank of choice for venture capitalists and their portfolio. Companies holding funds of nearly half of U.S. venture-backed companies. On Wednesday, March the 8th, Silicon Valley Bank announced it had sold securities at a loss and was trying to raise more cash. Venture capitalists or venture vulture, vulture capitalists panicked, pushing their portfolio companies to pull their funds and on the next day, they withdrew $42 billion, breaching Silicon Valley Bank's liquidity cushion. On Friday, FDIC seized the bank. Any complex event has multiple causes. The direct cause here is obvious. Too many of the bank's customers tried to withdraw too much cash at once. The proximate causes were numerous, citing interest rates, poor risk management, the concentration of the depositor base, venture catastrophes on social media, 
mismatched duration and poor risk management, invested long in mortgage loans and treasury bonds, and borrowed short from startups. <laughs> Still, the root cause was a decisive factor. It is a totally speculative, innovative, and unsustainable investment policy, which is typical for the modern hype types of post-truth technologies. <laughs> Here is the next Silicon Valley techno bubble of multi-billionaire, if not multi-trillionaire sizes. When the tech giant aims to remain at the forefront of generative artificial intelligence with its partnership with OpenAI, investing $10 billion in the experiment, experimental online chat GPT while laying off 10,000 of its employees. Both Microsoft and OpenAI, another Silicon Valley company, say their goals are even higher than a better chatbot or programming assistant. OpenAI's chat admission was to build... Let me go down here. Okay, OpenAI's stated mission was to build artificial intelligence, or AGI, a machine that could do anything the human brain can do. Whether it's our pursuit of quantum computing or its pursuit of AGI, I think you need those high ambition North Stars, says CEO of Microsoft. Following the example of chief executive Google's parent company, Alphabet, has declared a code red, upending plans and jumpstarting AI development. In all, there is global AI illiteracy which is exploited by its developers to fool many simple minds, investors, and policymakers. GPT-4 is a piece of stochastic AI for de deterministic modeling implies certainty, casual patterns, and predictability. To be real intelligent, it needs to leapfrog to casual AI and then another quantum leap to interactive AI. As for now, it all relies on your prompting being intellectually dumb, dull, and defective, systematically producing toxic content, including misinformation, hate speech, and images, and all sorts of algorithmic social and human biases. So, yeah. Um, and then um, that is all that I have to say. I have to make sure I got it all here. Um, I think that um, it seems pretty clear to me. I mean, you need, really need to think about it yourself. But they're right now um, programming it all in. So they're right now robbing the system. Right now they're destroying our food. They're murdering fish in the seas. They're doing all this stuff. Focus, people. Focus on what you need to focus on, okay? It is just a big scam and a big game. And um, I'm trying to think what I have to say. Well, anyway, um, if you live in fear, thinking that it gets you any second, and that all this stuff is true, well, you have bought the ranch, okay? You bought the Kool-Aid yourself. So, just remember, this is Operation Disjoint, it's Operation Chaos, and it's Operation Take Down as Many of Us as They Possibly Can, okay? And I must remain, I will tell you one last time, while they're taking us down, they are also... They are also putting themselves and their own children in line to be drinking toxic water. All the people that ARPA and DARPA and all these freaks have coming out against the rest of us, they are also, in fact, in fact, being starved 
and be deprived of water, as I sadly say those words. So if you've been on their team all along, keep in mind that there's something fundamentally wrong with somebody who is out to destroy the rest of us and themselves at the same time. It makes for a kind of a strange comparison. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that they've sold it this far by sheer terror and fear. And if this A1 or AI <coughs> doesn't give you a, a good enough example of how this whole Silicon Valley trick <coughs> trick has worked, anyway, I'm going to close off for here. hope I'll be back soon. And uh, be safe out there. So goodbye for now. Um, the guy that is in charge of the disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, his name is Alan Shaw, S-H-A-W. saw a clip this weekend of Alan Shaw in front of his multi-million dollar um, Georgia home, which he I think he owns about 11 other properties or something. He was expressing his concern for the people of East Palestine. I would like you to use this as a learning advantage. That guy is a stone-cold, psychopathic liar, okay? And why exactly was he wandering around the streets in his plush neighborhood and he just did this one little tiny interview to express his concern? Yeah, here again, wandering around. Nobody's yelling, hey, you piece of shit, what's going on in Ohio, right? Well, I do, also, I wanted to say this, this is the only reason I'm talking now, is because I owe you an apology, because I said after I screamed in a couple shows that I wouldn't scream anymore, and then I started up again after the Vietnam show, yelling about them. So, yeah, I owe you an apology for that. Will I scream anymore? I don't really know. Um, I'm not going to say I won't. Um, so, anyway, so, yeah, this is, this is the face of evil, right? You know, that guy kind of looks like, I was thinking... If you were, like, in the Midwest or somewhere, and your neighbor was a local high school football coach, and um, he said, hey, I have a barbecue coming up this weekend, and I'd like to invite you and your family over because my brother is going to be in town for the weekend. So you think, yeah, football coach probably has a really nice brother. Well, his brother would look just like this Alan Shaw guy, right? <laughs> just like the guy next door. <laughs> Evil has to come packaged, looking like hell and trying to behave like hell. Yeah, so, well, whatever. So I'm going to close out with his song, and I want you to think positively and think about this. We made it this far in the game board, right? That's quite an accomplishment, right? <laughs> and I know, I don't know about you, but this has not been exactly an easy challenge. So <laughs> the fact that we're continuing to put our feet in front of the other feet has a very, very strong comment about those of us who choose to be survivors versus victims in this game board, right? So... Don't let them take you down. Fight them until the very end, kids, and keep on moving. This is just a game. Don't go down too easily. So here we go.
I posted something over on the um, community page on YouTube. Um, I usually will post the shows over there. Why, I'm not really sure because no one really comments. But if you want to make a comment, you can certainly make it anonymously over there. But I want to read to you what I said over there. Make sure I don't lose this page for that page. <laughs> Give me one second here. Um, just something for you to think about today, okay? Um, <clears throat> Okay. It says, There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to believe what is true. And with that, I would like to leave you um, with my favorite theme song, try to um, keep your feet on, keep your head on straight, give them hell.